For the first time in Aotearoa, we have an idea of how many people are exposed to cancer-causing agents in their work. More than half of workers in the sample are exposed to at least one cancer-causing agent. Many of them we're familiar with. A review of the asbestos sector has found the number of workers exposed to the carcinogen is likely grossly underestimated. Looking for signs of silicosis. An aggressive form of the lung disease can be caused by inhaling silica dust while working with manufactured stone material. Even the sun not being adequately protected while you're working is going to have an impact further down the track. Often it's a hidden risk that we don't talk about that much. It's a sort of she'll be right kind of attitude um, rather than thinking through the care and nurture of our own workers and our own population. But it comes with a high cost. Cancer caused by work costs New Zealand $320 million a year. But the true cost is to families. And there are calls to take it far more seriously. It is crucial that work-related health remains at the forefront despite shifting government funding priorities. Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen and today on The Detail, now that we're beginning to understand just how many carcinogens we're exposed to on the job, what can we do about it? And does our system need to change to better monitor the long-term consequences of these work-related diseases? For many tradies, exposure to carcinogens is pretty much unavoidable. Darren McClay is a plasterer in Auckland. Our biggest risk would be, um, apart from sort of small trowel cuts that you might get, would be uh, would be dust. dust. Dust would be the biggest by miles. And what do you know about that dust that you're breathing in? I know that it's uh, like any dust you breathe in a sample, and it's uh, unfortunately we're constantly every single day we get we breathe in dust. It's unavoidable. We have machines that we can uh, dust for it, like uh, dust free sanders attached to vacuum cleaners. But um, every day we still we still cop uh, plenty of dust. It's right through the van. So it's, uh, if you if you put your finger over the speedometer, it would come out like quite dusty. It's, uh, and when you clean it out, it's just a mess of dust. I've probably poisoned the neighbours. What about poisoning yourself? Um, I'm, it's just, I'm afraid it's an unavoidable consequence of what I do. Even though you, you wear masks, um, you can't wear masks. Or you can't, can't wear masks in the van. You can't wear them all the time, every day. I mean, even when you get home, you're bashing out your clothes with dust. Um, you bash your shoes out over the deck to, to, to get the dust out for the next day. It's just one of those things. You know, you, you, I've been exposed to asbestos probably, well, I don't know, maybe a dozen times. It's just um, through falling down ceilings, people say that they're, they're asbestos-free and, and uh, that they've tested them. But you know that they, uh, that they you know, they'd, they'd say that because to get the systems in, it's, it's, it's costs a fortune. So you're exposed to this risk. How do you feel about that? I, I take it for granted. Um, sometime in the next... 20 odd years it'll probably kill me um, and I expect that it's just it's just it's what I do it's I'm trained for it I, this is my 41st year of plastering so it's I've been doing it a long time you just you just take it as a, as a, uh, it's a it's a hazard of the job unfortunately well, are you worried about the long-term risks long-term risks are already gone it's already existing it's it's done and and, and you know I'm, I'm still breathing it uh, you can't sort of worry about it. You just got to, you know, make enough money to keep your family going, and you, you, it's just it's just life. Are you worried about the risks to your family at all? Because they can also breathe in if they're washing your clothes. Um, my son is just 
started with me, so it's I'm, I'm extremely conscious um, of him breathing it in, and we, we we try and improve. Like we, we make sure we wear masks when pulling down ceilings or exposed to um, jib dust or cutting dust, or even um, or even when we're mixing. But you can't, you just can't wear masks a hundred percent of the time all day you, you just can't do it you, you like driving around the van you can't do it you you know even when you get home you can't wear masks all the time it's just it's just a consequence of the job um you can't protect it from it like it's in the air you you taking jib outside or, or it's 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 everywhere and it's unavoidable have you ever been to see a doctor about it I don't see what the point would be. What, what are they going to say? Well, um, you, 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 you know, this is this is not probably a good occupation to be, and you should probably, you should probably try something else. Well, I can't do that. My my apprenticeship was for plastering. It's, uh, it's I'm not going to do anything else. It's what I do. His point is going to the doctor and saying, you know, don't do it, which is what he'd probably say. Dr. Amanda Ng, an occupational health expert, and Professor John Potter, an epidemiologist, are part of a group of researchers from Massey University who have taken a close look at the results of WorkSafe's carcinogen survey. They explain what the survey looked at and its significance. So this survey is the first ever survey in New Zealand looking at the prevalence of occupational carcinogens or cancer-causing agents in the working population. And it was commissioned by WorkSafe New Zealand in 2021 and released earlier this year. The study was done across about 3,000 workers who were likely to have been exposed to a variety of carcinogens. They also added a survey in about 1,000 individuals who were just uh, chosen from the general population, if you like. And they took that information and used it to estimate exposure based on job descriptions, used it to estimate the exposure to a variety of carcinogens and then reported on the frequency of exposure to carcinogens at various levels in that New Zealand workforce. It didn't find cancers. What it was looking at was people's exposures to individual substances or activities um, that are known to increase the risk of cancer. So we know from previous estimates how important the issue of work-related cancer is. Of about 750 estimated work-related deaths per year, roughly half are thought to be due to work-related cancer. And this survey is really important because information on work-related carcinogens or cancer-causing agents that New Zealand workers are exposed to has been lacking in New Zealand up until now. What are the key findings of this survey? The key findings, as reported, are that more than half of workers in the sample are exposed to at least one cancer-causing agent at any level, and almost one in three workers are exposed at a high level, which is a level above what is considered safe, and almost one in four are exposed to five or more carcinogens at any level. You've got people who work in transport. I think they're called transport, postal and warehousing. You've got people exposed in mining. You've got people exposed in construction. You've got people exposed in electricity, gas, water and waste services. So all of those are one way or another 
exposed to one or more of these uh, carcinogens that they were interested in assessing. And what are some of these carcinogens that we worried about? Solar UV, which is a, you know, an important cause of skin cancer. And associated with that is what's known as, quotes, ocular UV, which just means exposure of ultraviolet light on the eye. And that's associated with ocular melanoma. But the most common exposure that they assessed in this particular, um, likely exposure that they assessed in this particular survey was benzene, which is um, one of the organic solvents, and it's widely used um, in New Zealand in the collision repair industry, but it's also associated with a variety of exposures, people fueling vehicles, people fueling machinery, people using solvents to clean uh, machinery, people in a variety of other places where solvents are used as cleansing agents. And we know that this particular one, benzene that they measured, um, is associated with leukaemia. What kind of materials are the most concerning in some of these industries like construction? Well, construction, there was quite some news about the artificial stone industry being responsible for exposure to the workers, responsible for their exposure to crystalline silica. Crystalline silica is associated not only with lung cancer, but it's also associated with fibrosis in the lung that we call silicosis. There are concerns that not enough's being done to track down and test Kiwi workers who could have a life-threatening lung disease. It's more than a year since alarming rates of accelerated silicosis were found among Australian workers making artificial stone bench tops. Other lung diseases like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease With occupational diseases, there is often a long latency period between exposure at work and onset of disease. So the long latency period can be a problem, as well as there are very few diseases where occupation is the sole and therefore obvious causal factor. One of those few examples being asbestos and mesothelioma. My diagnosis was in August and um, I've got malignant pleural mesothelioma. Um, it's a type of lung cancer. As well as that, there are, there are multiple hazards that cluster together in work environments and also lifestyle factors such as smoking can also contribute to risk. So it's not obvious if occupational risk factors were the, the cause. There's a evidence from this study um, that there's a, a higher risk among Māori and Pacific workers and it probably just has to do with the distribution of workers around in the in the various industries and men generally are uh, exposed at higher rates. There are some limitations with this carcinogen survey. Amanda Ings says it's unclear if the results can be generalised to the wider working population. But it's an important start, and she says it should be a call to action. This survey is part of WorkSafe's Carcinogens and Airborne Risks program, which is one of its priority areas, which is a great thing. And the focus on work-related health is one of the priority areas with the biggest impact to reduce harm in the Health and Safety at Work strategy 2018 to 2028. That's a, a great thing, because in the past, 
the focus has been on accidents and injuries, which are easy to count. So it is crucial that work-related health remains at the forefront despite shifting government funding priorities. As well as that, it is is vital that this information is not a a government tick-box exercise, but it is used for action. Although we would like more data, we would always like more data, we now know enough for some of the high-risk industries to start coming up with interventions to reduce exposure. And you're doing a bit of work in that space. We have three studies. Uh, One of them is looking at pesticide exposure and pesticide applicators and farmers. The other one is looking at silica exposure in construction workers and engineered stone workers. And the third one is looking at solvent exposure in collision repair workers or panel beaters. For the silica study, which I am principal investigator of, that involves measuring silica exposure in the construction industry. What we've found so far is that high levels of respirable crystalline silica have been found in demolition workers and concrete workers. So that's where we are focusing our efforts uh, to begin with and trying to come up with with interventions to reduce exposures. What are some of those interventions? But they include wet methods to reduce exposure, which comes with other problems such as managing the water and managing the sludge that is produced, and on-tool extraction as well, so vacuum methods attached to particular tools. So just give me an example of what someone might be able to do in that situation with that vacuum. Yeah, if they're using a particular tool and there is a a vacuum attached to that tool, it reduces the amount of dust and uh, potentially respirable crystalline silica that they're inhaling. What about solvent? Have you got any kind of practical examples there? Yeah, uh, this is work led by my colleague, Dr Sam Kerr, who has done a number of studies in the collision repair industry And he is working with a company to reduce exposure using specific types of guns. So I think he's previously found that the gun washing increases exposure to solvents. So using disposable um, materials with the guns reduces their exposure. What concerns the researchers the most, though, is that these sorts of occupational health issues fall into a regulatory gap. The ability to address work-related disease in New Zealand is affected by the lack of a a dedicated public-facing agency or service for occupational health. And the problem is that such a service has long languished in a a jurisdictional gap between government agencies. So even though WorkSafe is the main health and safety regulator, it cannot provide health services, which is the responsibility of the Ministry of Health. And this gap is a particular problem for work-related cancers that occur many years after exposure. So the responsibility for monitoring the health of workers generally falls to the employer, and there is no clear health system pathway for workers. Here's John Potter again. One of the important things, I think, in New Zealand is we do not have a dedicated occupational health service anywhere in in the country. It's not the docs don't see occupational health problems, um, but we don't have an occupational health service, and we really need one. And one of the reasons we need one is if you think about it, you might be working for 10 years in a particular industry and then the plant closes or you change jobs or whatever, and then 20 years later, your exposure in that particular 10 years 
might lead you to a, a cancer, but everybody's forgotten the links between that exposure back then and your cancer that you developed 20 years after you quit the job. One of the things that I think is really crucial here is that we set up a system to monitor long-term some of these heavily exposed workers in industries that we know are at risk. The really important thing is to get the exposures down, but we already have a whole lot of exposed people, so we need a service that looks after their health both for monitoring um, surveillance, early detection, maybe there'll be tests that we want to do at, at a later point to see whether they've got some disease emerging. That's a really important missing piece of the fabric of health in New Zealand. Well, we've got WorkSafe, don't we? Aren't they supposed to look after occupational health and safety? They are responsible for some aspects of the way in which occupational health and safety is regulated, but they don't provide a service to individual workers. There are examples of agencies working together to tackle some of these occupational health concerns. Amanda Ng explains. Circling back to the accelerated silicosis, so there was a joint agency response by ACC, the Ministry of Health and WorkSafe. This was in response to the outbreaks of accelerated silicosis overseas. And as part of this joint agency response, they set up a, a health screening program, which was um, within ACC. So workers exposed to engineered stone that fit certain criteria could apply to um, ACC for this health check. And this is the first time um, that finding an occupational cases of disease has happened in New Zealand. The workers who are eligible go through their GP and then a claim is lodged to ACC, which is a compensation-based system and not a health screening system. And if there is no discernible silica-related disease at the time of the health check, then workers are referred back to the GP for ongoing monitoring, even though disease could develop at a later stage. So that's just a an example of, of a gap in the system, so it's not ACC's jurisdiction anymore if there is no discernible related disease that could lead to a claim, and it doesn't appear to be the Ministry of Health's jurisdiction either. So who whose jurisdiction is it to, to look after the health of workers, especially in the case of work-related cancers when we're talking about a long period of time? So is there anything that could happen to, I mean, guess, better coordinate work between the Ministry of Health and WorkSafe? Or do we really need a big new service like the occupational health service you're talking about? So, for example, with the accelerated silicosis response, it was a joint agency response. So they are they were trying to work together on a national coordinated response, but there is still that glaring gap, particularly with the follow-up of workers if they don't have any disease at this current point in time or the point in time of the health check. So it is a, a gap that needs to be fixed and a, an opportune time would have been the creation of Te Whatu Ora, uh, but that time has passed now. There's also ethnic issues as well here, like Māori and Pacifica at a higher risk. So we have got the Māori Health Authority. Is there any work that they should be doing to help Māori in this space? So it is increasingly clear that high exposure work is more commonly done by Māori and our previous research has also found that Māori have a greater risk 
a greater exposure to occupational risk factors in non-Māori. Some of these differences are related to Māori working in, in occupations where these exposures are more common. But differences in our previous research has also found even within occupations, so a likely differential exposure, which could be due to different tasks within a given job title. So what we have recommended is that the Māori Health Authority are brought into the conversation about Māori-led solutions to reducing risk. So again, working with with workers and, and managers to come up with solutions. We asked Te Aka Whaiora, the Māori Health Authority, whether it's looking at this. It says it's not doing anything specifically, but it's working with other agencies to address Māori health inequities. Meanwhile, WorkSafe says the carcinogen survey results will help it better understand the risks in different industries and target education and enforcement action. It'll be using the data from this survey as a baseline, so when they repeat it in five years' time, they'll know whether workers' exposure to cancer-causing agents has reduced. It's working with a number of other agencies on work-related cancer issues like accelerated silicosis and asbestos-related diseases. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to Amanda Ng, John Potter and Darren McClay. Ma te wa.